Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Okay, we're back for another episode, and I have Priscilla with me here from the Healing and Harmony Center in Glastonbury, a very interesting place, to say the least. And Priscilla, you've you've had this business for how long now? So I initially have been in this field for 15 years, and it's been 10 years of me actually having a physical space. Okay. This is a very big place. You've been doing this for a while. You've got traffic coming in and out of people um, looking for inner peace. They're looking for... Uh, uh, to enhance their mediumship, they're lo- they're they're looking for your help. You have a big, a big small business that is a lot of overhead. <laughs> yeah, and so I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna understand from you what it's like to maintain your inner peace with something th- like this that is could easily disrupt somebody's peace absolutely this is this is a lot yeah so back when I first started in a in a facility having overhead I was in a 250 square foot space so like a 14 by 18 little similar to the room we're in right now my whole business was in this space yeah so I had retail in one corner my office in another and then I had these couches and the space, um, all yeah. in one space. And I had a two-year lease, and at about a year, I was overflowing in the space, and I didn't have enough room for the things I wanted to do. And so I was like, I just have another year. I just have another year. So when I went to uh, you know, get to the end of my lease, I was like, what do I need? And I heard from myself, go bigger than you think you need. And I thought, well, 800 square feet would be about bigger than what I think I need. And somehow I ended up in 1,500 square feet um, in my second facility. And I thought, I don't need 1,500 square feet. So my understanding was um, my first space was for me. And anytime I tried to bring somebody else into that space to be a presenter, it just never worked out. It never ran. Was it stressful? It wasn't stressful. It was just like, why isn't this happening? It was just more annoying. And so when I got into the 1,500 square feet, I had no clue how I was going to pay the bills. I literally thought, you know, I'm in Glastonbury. I've tripled, quadrupled my rent. Like, I have no clue why I'm here, but I absolutely knew that I needed to be in that space. And so my first day of walking in, I basically walked in the door. It was an empty facility. I walked in, I looked up and I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm just going to show up every day. You're going to make sure everything else gets taken care of. (laughs) And so I basically handed it off to my spirit team. And that's been my motto ever since. I show up and they will bring me the people who need to come. That 1,500 square feet eventually went within three months to 1,800 to then 2,100 square feet over a six-year period. And then that lease was up, and this space came open, and we're in 4,200 square feet. And again, I say, what do I need 4,200 square feet for in my space? And I was like, because it's going to grow. And so I have everything that I want and I need here. Yes, every, you know, summer comes and I say, oh, where are the people? Where are the people? But somehow, again, I go back to that habit of saying, I'm going to show up. Right. So I show up. And you get a lot of people who love this place and they come back and they come back and then you got your regulars. Yeah, we have our, you know, we have people who participate on a regular basis. One of the comments that many people say is you have too many things going on here. I have to decide where I'm going to spend my money, you know, because do I want a session? Do I want a class? Or there's too many classes. So how do you, how do you, um, how do you stay stress free here? You just you, you just pass it off to your the spirit team? Again, most of what I do is I recognize that um, what my role is in this world, that it's it, it's to be interacting with these people, that people who need a foundation or a fundamental mm-hmm. of their spirituality or kind of a, a recognizing of it, then that's my job is to kind of bring that to them. So, so. it's kinda like you feel like this is your purpose. 
Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know, uh, the universe, spirit's gonna look out for you and make sure that you're you're taken care of because you're taking care of others. Yeah. With forty two hundred square feet. <laughs> It's a monster. Yeah. You know, it's it's the people who need to be here will be here. The people who come and leave, they were meant to be here for whatever length of time. I th- I just think that, you know, you're uh you're you're a role model to other entrepreneurs in the holistic community. Well, that's nice to say. Because Thank you. it's it's a lot. If if anybody doesn't understand what 4200 square feet looks like. <laughs> it's a half of a building. Yeah. <laughs> It's a half of a warehouse, basically, yeah. is uh, what it is. Like the the room that we're talking in right now, which is a beautiful room with crystals and uh, chairs and little Buddha statues. I mean, this room alone is what someone would pay for an office somewhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Each of the rooms could be an independent office. And even just designing it, it's really... You know, the colors have run through every single center that I've had. So the colors come right over, which is interesting. We moved in here a little over two years ago, and people are like, oh, I love this color. I'm like, it's the same color that the other space was. They were like, really? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like what people recognize. It's more of the feeling. Most people will walk in the front door and go, oh, it feels so good in here. It does. And they will just literally sit on the couches in the lobby and just feel like, Oh, I can just sit here. Can I just sit here for any time? If the door's open, come in and have a seat. Right. You know, that's basically the policy. You know, just if if you want to come in, just sit. Yeah. Because just being in the energy of it, once you walk in, the vibration's pretty high. So Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of folks listening to this may not understand what mediumship is. Mm-hmm. Um, some might be a little freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. But um when when did you realize that you yourself had this, let's call it a, a gift, if you will? So I look at this gift, I look at it more as a natural state of all of us. Sure. We are, we all are mediums. We all have a connection to spirit. It's those gut feelings that we have. So for me, it was never, I'm going to be a medium. It's for right. me, it literally fell upon me. And um, just a quick story of me walking through my 20s. I was in the fitness industry and I used to say, I'm not going to make it past 40. And I never knew what that meant. I thought maybe I'm going to die at 40. I don't know what that is. But I had this very clear knowing that I was not going to make it past 40. And so when I turned 40, I was like, I'm still alive. This is a good thing. I've got a year. Let's see what happens. Shortly after my birthday, my dad's health started to go downhill And from there, you know, within a few months, my dad had passed away. Mm. And during that whole time of his major illness, I knew everything. I knew universal laws. I knew things that were coming to me. The last thing I ever said to my dad was, there's a whole bunch of people in this room, and I don't know who they are, but I know that you have more work to do on this earth than this broken down body on earth can't do it. So you've got to leave this broken down body go to the other side and you'll be able to do the work that you really have to do. And that was it. And uh, he got goosebumps all over his body. His eyes opened wide. He got tears down his cheek Mm. and he just said, wow. And it was kind of like, I just, I don't know. I met God. I don't know what it was, but it was, yeah, I knew exactly what it was. And so from that point on, I just knew stuff. I wasn't one to, you know, let me go seek out a teacher. Just things came to me, experiences came to me, um, and that was it. So I look at this as it's our innate ability. We all have it. We are all born into it. You know, so many people, and it's kind of a oxymoron being in a spiritual healing, counseling, and education center and what I do, but I say to people, all I do for you is remind you of what you already know. Mm-hmm. What you're saying right now, is very much in line with a lot of the Eastern philosophies. Mm-hmm. I'm of the I I'm a Zen guy. Okay. So the the essence of Zen is really it's the same thing. It's realizing your original face, mm-hmm. as they call it, the face you have before mom and dad met. Yep. And all Eastern traditions say that we are. Uh, 
everyone has the ability. Nobody's more special than the other one. Exactly. The only difference is going to be that maybe this person put in more effort yes. to get there. More awareness. More it. awareness. Or they found Absolutely. a teacher such as yourself mm -hmm. uh, to guide, mm -hmm. you know. So isn't it interesting that it's sort of the same language. It's sort of the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that very intriguing. And one of the things that always uh, intrigued me was you know the surf the surface of something like let's just say buddhism the surface is kind of it's about peace and it's about meditating and this and that but then you go deeper and you go into those old sutras mm -hmm. 2500 years ago a long time ago you go into those old sutras and you start reading about the devas and the uh, Sometimes they would call them gods with an Absolutely. S. And so now fast forward to what you're talking about mm -hmm. with spirits and things like this. Uh, to me, it, it's it's all the same thing. It's just different traditions use different language. Absolutely. <laughs> Mediumship by definition is the ability... To, is it's the knowledge of knowing that the physical body dies and the soul lives on and we're able to communicate with that soul energy. Yep. Um, you know, in even in Christianity, we looked at just the prophets could do this, you know, and if you weren't listed or dubbed a prophet, you know, this was blasphemy and you are trying to be a god and, right. you know, and so, um, I mean, I, I kind of laugh because we, there's, a couple of kinds you know again we label things because that's our human nature but there's mental mediumship which is what most people know as you know sitting with a, a sitter you know sitting with a reader and they're connecting you to your loved ones and bringing through messages and guidance and then there's ment then there's physical mediumship which is physical phenomena you know mm -hmm. i have these um tin trumpets sitting here next to me you know they would levitate by no touching of me and the energy of the universe would do that um look at jesus water into wine right, you know right. oh how did he take the it's fish alchemy, and the bread right? the loaves and it's, feed all of these people how did that all happen there's a lot of alchemy involved. absolutely yeah. and you say what 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 happened there you know yeah so and it's the same with gotama the buddha he yeah. had incidents Absolutely. You know, they, Sai Baba, they, the whole things. You look They back caught and, him walking in the sky. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, uh, Sai Baba would just manifest things and say, oh, go look behind that rock and there's what you need. And you say, okay. So, you know, there's stories throughout every religion. And again, I just say that's exactly what they are. They're stories. Right. They're stories. And, you Parables. know, humans have taken them and put them into into their own perspective, into context, into books, into, you know, rituals and the whole thing. And really, it's just about, like, show up, okay? How about right. that? Right. So my philosophy of showing up is pretty much what everybody did throughout history. Show up. That's it. And and a lot of people don't show up. Yeah. And they walk their lives as, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, sheep, if and you will. And that's Okay. It you know? is okay. And that's okay. You, you know, know? Some, sometimes this ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. So. See, we, you know, the 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 situation that I see or um, we just had a conversation about this last night. It used to be, you know, these are the enlightened ones and now right. it's the awakening and now it's like now we're woke. Woke, yeah. <laughs> that's the word. We're woke. Yeah. And I go, you know what? We've always been woke. Yeah. We've always been that. Yeah. It, we, that's our just our human nature. But if somebody doesn't want to be awakened to it, then let them be. Let them but be, the yeah. judgment of it is like, oh, they're so unconscious. And it's like, right. no, they're conscious at their level of consciousness. You're, lo you're conscious at your level of consciousness. We all have a lot of inner potential. Mm -hmm. I just think people are more consumed with their outer potential than Absolutely. they are their inner potential. Absolutely. So they'd rather have the abs and they'd rather be physically fit or, uh, or um, you know, get the promotion at their job or yeah. whatever. Instead well, it's of our appearance, you know, right, it's the face appearance. that we show the world. That's right. The ego. And, and not too many people are willing to um, work with someone like you or in Zen Mm -hmm. Lots of meditation, long strings mm -hmm. of silence. Absolutely. And um, so I look, I look at our physical life, Kevin, as a, a way of saying, you know, we our souls are perfect. 
Right. Our souls are 100% perfect. We are encoded with everything we need coming into this world. All the details, all the information, it's already encoded in our DNA. Being human is our imperfection. Because if we were perfect, we would just breathe and we would have our heartbeat and that's life and we'd be fine. Right. But because we think and we feel... That's our downside on being human. That's we right. think about what we feel, and we feel about what we think, yeah. and then we feel about what we feel, and we think about what we think. And we analyze and, it. And we just play <laughs> ping pong all day long, and people go, how do I quiet my mind? I'm like, yeah. let them beat your heart and let them breathe your lungs, and you're fine. None of this really matters. This is a story. Yeah. And these other people in your life are just the characters you've written in. And so if you want to get frustrated and upset about your interactions with them, like, who's the crazy one, them or you? And Eastern uh, Eastern traditions is called the Leela, mm. the play. Yeah. So you just described the yeah. Leela. Yeah. We're in a play. Absolutely. We're on the stage. We're the star of our own show. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You don't like that character? Write them out of your story. They're not in the next, chap- next chapter, That's right? right? That's you right. You know, but, but I also see people who get into that woke state, all of a sudden want to be the most judgmental people. Right. And they want to say, I've got to get rid of that person. I've gotten rid of so many friends because I'm so spiritual. I'm so right. conscious. I'm so awake. Right. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know, you might have gotten rid of some really great people around if you haven't right. had a judgment about them. It's like a spiritual ego yeah. type thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, the opposite of that would be compassion and, you know, yeah, maybe maybe someone in your life doesn't work for you, but maybe you just put a boundary on it. You know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, I I look at it in a way or way I describe it to customers is like draw a circle, put yourself in the middle of that circle. The only people who are allowed inside that circle are the ones who understand that flow of energy, kind of like the infinity symbol. There's a give and a receive. So they're the people who naturally understand that connection that they have with you you don't even have to see them for years and you could come back into their energy and you just pick right up where you left off right the people outside the circle are the people who really are you setting the boundaries with and even if they gave birth to you you know they can still be outside the circle and most people think the circle is a full wall and we can never see anybody on the outside we never want to spend time with them the goal is literally make it a half wall but the goal is literally how do i spend time with those people i want to kick out of my life right. and still be okay and mind my own business and never mind what they're doing right. because people show you who they are every single day they why do. don't you believe them yeah but we have this belief system that mom means you're supposed to love me and you're supposed to be this and you're supposed to be the caretaker. Well, if you mm. didn't have that mom, yeah. you are going to be so fed up and frustrated by your mom. Yeah, I know people that have divorced their parents. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, what's the purpose of that? The goal here and what we're learning as our spiritual beings, I say that in air quotes, but right. you know what we're learning here is how do I be in the crazy and not let it bother me and still be just me because I have to recognize that I am me and they are them and that's who they are. Mm. And when I come to an acceptance of they've shown me who they are every single day, why don't I believe them? Right. Why do I keep trying to or have an expectation? And that's really what it comes down to. Why we get so frustrated, why we can't close off our mind is because we have an expectation of what these labels mean. Right. Right? What mom means, what dad means, what family means, what sister means, what a boss means, like what a child means. And when we don't experience that in the world, then we're frustrated over other people's behaviors. Sure. Which I, then makes me live their life for them instead of me living my own life. Expectations are hurting us. At, they are the worst. And at the end of the day... We're just playing with words here. Absolutely. And words are man-made. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I always say, so I always hold up, like, I have a bottle of water here, but, you know, I always hold it up in class and say, what, do you, what is this? And people go, what's well, water? Of course. I'm like, how do you know? And they're like, well, because it's water and because it says it. I'm like, yeah, hey, isn't it nice that they put a label on it for us, too? But you know, we can look at even regional differences of things, right? We look at a grinder, a sub, a hoagie, right? <laughs> a like hero. that's just re- a, a hero. hero. That's just regional. Yeah. Like never mind. I remember being uh, being a cheerleader way back in high school and going to a regional event, and a girl from New Hampshire walked up to me and said, "Do you know where the bubbler is?" And I had no clue what she was talking about. <laughs> it was a water fountain. 
and I like that's just regional. Yeah. So you know the the words we use. That's that's one of my books that'll come out is actually the words we use. Why do we use that word? And when I'm coaching people, I usually say, Why did you use that word instead of the nine thousand other words you could have used? Right. You use that word to describe something. What does that word mean to you? Right. Yeah, we're always playing with words. Um, but how do words factor in to prayer or mantras, um, communication with spirit, things of that nature? How does how does that work? Well, in, we're in your opinion, stories, right? Yeah, everything's a story. Everything's from our perspective. So even if we're doing mediumship, you know, if you think about um, the experiences that you've had in your life. And imagine every day you had one experience, and we have many more, but imagine every day we had one experience, notable experience, and multiply that by the number of days you've been alive. Mm -hmm. All of those experiences are filed in your brain. They are a library of resources. And so what all a medium is really doing is we're opening ourselves up in a quiet space. And the spirit energies will just pull out those resources. You know, if I have a resource of what uh, what it feels like to have a heart attack, or if I have a resource of what love is, or I have a resource of the greatest time in my life, they can pull that experience out and either I feel it or I see it or I hear it as a reminder, say, oh, that symbol or that experience means this for mm-hmm. this person. We're putting the pieces together. It's not an exact science, and that's why mediumship gets so um, tainted or and and there's many people out there that are just you know doing their thing Um, but an evidential medium is actually going to be so in tuned with their signs and their symbols from spirit that the messages will come through and we're just using the words of the story I'm giving that spirit an opportunity to have a physical body again and talk through me not that they're possessing me but that they actually can be in that human aspect again and communicate with their loved one who's sitting in front of me. Right. You know, but it's not an exact science. It's not like they're sitting in front of me and saying, say this, do this, say this. They're just using the references and the resources that I have. They're using my psychic dictionary that I've created over the years that I've done it and they can use those and that's why it can be fluid and and easy content, but I'm telling their story for them. Mm. So words are equally as important from the other side. Emotions, too. It never goes away, even when we cross over. We still have thought. We still have feeling. We still have love. We still have memory. And they're either using their memories in conjunction you're with my dis- memories. You're just disembodied. Yeah. We're just, we may yeah. be speaking two different languages, but somehow they've got to use my references, my library that's in my head, and be able to pull those resources out. Well, you... Uh... You just said different languages. Mm -hmm. I've always been interested, like, for example, Jesus, right? A lot of, obviously, a lot of Americans are Christian. It's a Christian country. Mm -hmm. And they pray to Jesus. But English wasn't invented when Jesus was around. Absolutely. English came, but 200 years later? Yeah. Yeah. So So how does he know? Even the Bible written in English language, right? Right. How many translations did that go through? (laughs) And if you've ever played the game of telephone when you were a kid, where, you know, one person says something in somebody's ear and they whisper it down the line by the end of the last person, it's a totally different message, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah, so language is something I talk about often on this podcast. Um, uh, I know people who who say that they're kind of tapped in, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I have this one friend, she's always like, I, I... She's sort of halfway joking. She's like, I, I have magic. Mm-hmm. I know magic. I Sometimes I see things or I feel things. Yeah. I'm like, do. you need to come to the Healing and Harmony Center in Glastonbury. <laughs> yeah, we all do, right? That's to usually who ends it, up right? in my lap is somebody who needs a fundamental understanding of what's actually happening for them. You know, that like I just did a mediumship level one class this whole weekend and, you know, they were in there because they've had experiences and they just can't, I want to use it to help people. If it's going to come for me, if it's, if it's coming forward for me now, how do I use it to help people? Yeah. You have a very niche business. I do. I do. And which is, which is good because word can spread um in a more niche way absolutely whereas yeah. if you were just a regular wellness center yeah 
it would be yeah i mean you know we have the healing and harmony center and that's really for the general market of people coming in who you know want a session or private session and we do everything from massage to healing to readings to um you know little classes two hour classes intro kind of things but you know i I run a, a school out of here too called the psyche institute for higher learning and that's where people who are ready to go and do this work, you mm. know, they're ready to go out into the world and do it. They will come because it's they're making a commitment. It's a it's a weekend intensive boot camp. You're here from 930 to six, two days. You're exhausted. You're tired and you're just getting everything. And that's just one level, you know. So right. so the people who come are usually committed to doing some service work in the world. They're also in a place where things are happening and they want to understand it and how to use it and how to be better. Again, I see so many parallels with the mm-hmm. stuff that I do with Zen and yeah. so many parallels. So if somebody wanted to heighten their ability in Zen, they mm-hmm. would go to a monastery. Absolutely. Or they would find a Zen master. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So you're 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 in that role of so guru. Well, yeah. You're a guru. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess. <laughs> We're in the West, so we don't use that word. Yeah. And when we do, it's usually like, oh, he's a finance guru, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but the real guru in the East is wearing a robe and. You know, you know it's all a perception. People always. Nobody ask touches me, your feet, though? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people always ask me, too, like, well, what do you call yourself? And I usually respond with Priscilla. Yeah. That's what I call myself because, yeah, the things that I do are just tools in my tool belt, they're tools that I bring out. And again, things that I teach students, like these are just tools in your tool belt. Stop so, trying to make them all fit together. So who, who helped you when you started having mm. this stuff? Or did you just figure it out on your own? Funny story. <laughs> so, okay. so when all of this happened, after my dad passed away, I started noting everything. And, you know, that was a pretty significant loss um, for me. So there was grief in the middle of all of it. And it was just I, I really didn't know where to go. Um, I was still working my full-time job in the fitness industry running wellness programs. And uh, I I did connect to uh, a woman named Karen Noe. She's in New Jersey and my sister lives there. And my nephew and her son played baseball together. And so my sister ended up at a um, party at her house and she had this very zen little garden mm-hmm. by her pool. And my sister walked in and said, oh, wow, this is such a great place for meditation. And and Karen said, oh, you don't know what I do, do you? And she ran in the house and got a brochure and she said, I I talked to the angels. And so she had a pretty profound experience. She's now a Hay House author um, and just wrote a a book called We Consciousness. um, She actually channeled Wayne Dyer and travels with his daughters. Hmm. Um, So I, I... my sister brought it out one day and she said, well, you know, we should go. She's got a class coming up. And I said, sure. And so I went to her class and again, what, what did I remember? You know, it's the things I remembered and there were drills and during the meditation, you know, we get to the chakra clearing meditation and we get to the third eye and this huge giant eye actually literally appeared in my head. And I thought, what is that blinking at me? That was wild. And so I was like, oh, I guess that would be my woke time. Um, mm. And so then she had us do a drill. And you know, my sister was in the front of the room and I was in the back. And she said, just tell people what you're getting and just sit with them. And I had a, a group of three. And I just started spitting stuff out for this one girl and all these connections and telling the story. And then this guy and I was like just spitting stuff out and they were both just sitting there looking at me like with their mouth hanging open. And so the drill was over and she said, so what'd you experience? And my partner just raised her hand. She she got this, she got that. She was this, she was that. She was my sister's up in front looking back at me like you, you got that. What? (laughs) So, you know, because your family always sees you as how they want to see you. So, you know, from that point, like I connected with Karen, I did my Reiki training with her. I didn't do mediumship training, but I knew that I needed to go to this Doreen Virtue Angel Therapy class. And it was in California and I was hemming and hawing and I didn't want to put the expense out. But for some reason, I needed to go. Mm-hmm. So long story short, somebody else ended up paying for it. It was just bizarre, the most bizarre story of how I got there. But I realized that I wasn't there to actually learn from Doreen because I already knew all of that stuff. I really didn't. I can't. I can say I 
went there, but I didn't really learn a whole lot. But I had to meet somebody there. And so it was somebody that I never would have met because she's in Colorado. And so, you know, spirit works in mysterious ways of getting me to where I need to be at the exact time that person needed to hear my message, you know, my delivery of that to her. And we just became very good friends to the whole thing. So that was about it, you know. Um, kind of like a mentor yeah after that like after that period like I was just kind of on my own and I just found um, just tools that I needed but I actually had asked my team in spirit I said what's the story how come everybody else gets a teacher when do I actually get a teacher um, and I seem to be the teacher for everybody else and I don't even know where I learned it so you know when do I get to have the mentor and the teacher and it was uh, the message was, nope, just us. That's it. We don't want the human bias. Mm. So even when people say to me, oh, did you read this book or did you read that book? I say, no, I don't read books. And I know that sounds maybe uneducated or that sounds like illiterate for people, but I don't read books because I don't want somebody else's opinion about spirituality. Mm. I don't want to know what their experiences were. And so I often say to people, when you are reading those books, taken into account that's their experience that's their references and they're telling you their story or what they've received from their level of where they are right. it does not mean that it is true for you so even when i teach a class the first thing i will say don't believe a word i say and even today don't believe a word i say yeah because we all have a human bias that's that thinking and feeling side to us. We have our perspective, yeah. but that's how we learn and we grow. We don't believe the same things we believed when we were 10. I'm, so. I'm reminded of Alan Watts, mm -hmm. who I'd say popularity-wise, he was he, he was up there in the 70s maybe, whatever it was. Anyway, he used to open up his lectures by saying, I'm not a spiritual guru, I'm an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Well, even with the mediumship. <laughs> that got you know, him off the hook right away. Yeah, but even with the mediumship as, you know, aspect from a business perspective, we're considered entertainers. Uh, you know, my insurance is entertainment insurance. I cannot, you know, liability. So I cannot get, like, spiritual unless I was a uh, minister and ordained and all of that. that that's different. Right, but, right. you know, I'm just Priscilla. I'm just me. You're not attached. I have a human bias. You're not attached to a religion. Absolutely. You know, yeah. there's a human bias that comes from all of us. So really discern for yourself what pieces of those books, those podcasts, the anything you're listening to, YouTube, any of that, that's somebody else's perspective. What's right. your perspective and what's your takeaway from it? What piece do you get from it? So, right, right. You know, I'm often sent to places and people say, what are you doing here? Why are you in the same class as me? I'm a beginner. And you're, I'm like, because I just want to see, you know, or I'm sent here because there's something I'm going to learn. There's one piece or that maybe, oh, I can do the same thing that's missing. I can take what I bring to it and recreate it in a better way. Right. So that's kind of my educational thing. But usually... You know, I laugh because I wake up in the morning and I just know what needs to be done. Right. You know, it's not crazy ideas. It's like, nope, like the agenda was given to me the night before in my sleep. And I go, that's got to get done next. So. So how do you. How do you handle failure? Because as an entrepreneur, it happens all the time. So that's one of those words that I say, the words we choose. Why mm -hmm. would we call something a failure? What does that mean for each person? To right. me, there is no failure that doesn't even exist. Right. You know, good, bad, right, wrong, none of those exist. They're just words of contrast. So failure most often is against success as the opposition. Right, right. right. The Duality. contrast word. Yeah. So, so how would you handle a bump in the road? So yeah, a bump in the road is, and really I say this for anything, you know, we have challenges in our life and it's, it's the part to us that the only thing we ever have to say to ourselves in those moments is, what am I learning about myself from this experience? And that's it. Right. Because that's the only reason that those things are occurring. Yes, people can say, yes, somebody else's free will led it to this or that. I'm like, yes, but that experience is now marked in your soul's path. So it's part of your learning process. It's part of your evolution. What is it that you're learning from that experience? Right. 
So right. that's it. It's not a success or a failure. That's our own definition. Right. Right. Everything's on a continuum. Where's the floating in the middle? Right. We got failure on one side and success on the other. We're going to be floating in the middle. And that's the safest place. It's the path of least resistance. Right. When I say something's a failure, my thinking and feeling self is going to just keep beating myself up about it and holding myself in that energy of it. And I'm right. living the past. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. Right. The if event we... occurred. What's my accountability to right. it? What did I create around it? And what am I learning from it? If we stay in the present moment, then it's all irrelevant to it anyway. <laughs> and most of us, you know, like we, we will label it. Again, why did we choose that word? But we label it because it's an emotion for us. Right. It's a feeling. There was some expectation that I had and I didn't meet that expectation. Right. But in business... I mean, I, I can't control the number of customers that walk through my door because that's their free will. If they choose not to come, right. you know, that's their free will. I can do my best to put my face forward and be present. That's why I say I just show up because the people who need to come here, the people who need to hear my ministry message yeah. will be here. One of the biggest lessons I ever learned from my mentor, my spiritual mentor, was he said, um, you know, just don't attach yourself to results. Mm hmm you know yeah and just do what's the outcome I, and i i say it in maybe different terms i say don't get married to the outcome yeah you know we have an expectation of what it's going to look like what it's going to feel like what it's going to be there and i'm not dashing people's dreams by saying that i want you to do if i were working with somebody in a coaching model i would say to them what's it going to feel like when you get there what's it going to look like what's the desire of it great have that, hold on to that so that you can manifest it and put your energy toward it. But don't be surprised if it changes. Right. Don't be surprised if it becomes something different. That, that's the story of my career. Yeah. Everything becomes yeah. something different. I mean, I, I have, <laughs> if you had asked me 20 years ago, are you going to be a medium and a spiritual healer? And, you know, people are going to come to you and you're going to have a big facility and you're going to run a business. I would be like, I would have been perfectly happy just staying in the fitness industry, you know, training, running businesses, doing what consultants speaking I don't care but you know it, it's not where I thought I would be but here I am you right. know and the chapters will keep unfolding and that's probably more the perspective that I have is can we let our life unfold or are we trying to control the outcomes right right uh, last episode I spoke with uh, I did a whole episode with Paul and Susie okay and so your name came up a bunch oh. So I was like, okay. so I was just telling the listeners like, oh, next episode, we're going to have Priscilla. We're going to okay. have Priscilla. Great. So they're an example of two, you know, of uh, a couple who's, uh, you know, always coming here, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, how often do you see couples? Isn't it, It's pretty rare, right? Um, It actually isn't as rare as you would think it is. So, you know, in the past, primarily my market and still primarily my market is females, um, the males that come are uh, either connected to the females or they're on their own spiritual path. And again, they need to hear what I'm saying. You know, they need to hear my ministry message. Um, so when I get the couples, a lot of times they'll enter in different places. You know, they may come. And so for their experience, they basically showed up at a home message circle because somebody had said, oh, you should go see Priscilla, you know, and they sat there. And I just challenged Paul to say, okay, what are you getting? He goes, I'll try it. I'm getting this. I'm like, all right. And he delivered the most beautiful message to somebody that was meaningful. So, yeah. you know, it surprises him. That's why I said I, it was just about reminding him. So, and sometimes it's the men that just take the lead and then the women come along. But a lot of times it's the women and they might bring a spouse or a partner to maybe a meditation that I'm doing. I do like a New Year's Day uh, meditation every year and I have two sessions of it so that I see a lot of couples in that because it's non-threatening you don't have to have all the voodoo you know right, you, don't, right, right. you know we're not going to bring through dead people or anything like that right. so you know that that's usually how it comes a lot of times the men will come because the women will say you really need to hear from your loved ones so come to this event or come to this you know reading event or have a private session but more and more it's surprising me a little bit, but more and more I'm getting a lot of men that are coming through. Hmm. Okay. okay. Men are a little bit more harder to convince sometimes. They're going to have a little stubbornness yeah, about, oh yeah. yeah, prove to me that you're really bringing my mom through, you know? Yeah. And I, I have a, a, a client who had come 
and the first time she had came maybe uh maybe a year and a half ago um she came and i kept giving this message and she said this is for him this is for my husband this is for... and i said why isn't he here he was supposed to come he go, he's sitting out in the car he would not walk in the door but every message that i was delivering was for him so this year they came in and he did come in and he was just like, okay, but it was kind of a prove it kind of thing. And yeah. so, you know, when I got to him, I was just delivering these messages and it was evidential. And that's the difference. Like even with mediumship, there's a lot of people that are going to tell you that your mom and spirit loves you, but what mom and spirit doesn't love you, right. you know, but it's the evidential pieces when I can bring pieces through that. How would I know? I can't Google a feeling I can't Google an experience that you had with your mom that she's giving me. And so, you know, he ends up crying and he's in here and he's just like, Oh my God, that's really my mom. Like, like it just blew his mind. You know, how do you deal with people being emotional and crying? All the time? I let him let it. It's a release. It's the thing that they've been holding on to that's keeping him so stuck. Right. You know, we're so stuck as humans. I just, that's the, you know, my, my tagline is helping spiritual beings get unstuck in their human experience. My whole job is helping people navigate this whole world. How do we navigate being human? Right. Right. And so I cry, scream, yell. I've had, I had a client one time, his mom was coming through and they had a tumultuous relationship and he stood up and he was bright red and he was screaming and he was yelling and he was irate and it was like, there's this 10 year old boy coming out of this 60 year old man mm. 50 years that's sitting there catharsis you know like it's okay and then he apologized profusely i said oh you don't have to apologize. and i just sat i don't i don't own any of that that is when the real work has actually occurred when we can have a release it's it's unbelievable how much we hold on to mm. you know because we're told that's not for him that's not manly, you know, that's not, uh, that's not what we do. We don't show emotion. Why not? Right. We're thinking and feeling beings. Why are we afraid to show emotion? Speaking of emotion, let's talk about dying. Okay. Let's talk it, about dying. It's, uh, it's, uh, a topic that comes up a lot on this podcast. I don't think you can know inner peace unless you understand dying. Do what? we ever die? Well, it's so here's the basis of medium. We're, we're, we're back to the language thing, too. Yeah. Do we ever die? If I if I uh, get a name, you know, uh, if I get the name Kevin during mm -hmm. a session, I have to ask, is Kevin living in spirit or is Kevin living on Earth? Mm. I have to have a sign or a symbol for that because they could be mentioning Kevin and you could be here on Earth and somebody's trying to connect to Kevin. But. If I ask, is Kevin dead or alive, I will always get the answer, Kevin is alive, even if he's living in spirit. Right. Because they're not dead. Right. They don't see themselves as just dead. just lost their body. They're, they don't have the physical form anymore. That's, that's right. the dead part of them. And that, that's something that comes up on this podcast also, and that I always want to reiterate, is in order to understand all of this, everything, every episode, everything you're talking about now, we have to understand the concept between form and formless yeah form and formless mm -hmm. the oxygen is formless this mm -hmm. table is a form mm -hmm. right absolutely so when we when we die we're, we're 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 transitioning from form to formless right absolutely yeah you recently had a death right your mother mm -hmm. passed my mom passed a year ago okay yeah so how did you handle it so even before my mom had uh, dementia and so for probably about four years was the most significant part of it and you know i i'd say to students too you know we're still human you know there's a reason we've come into this house of a body and i said doesn't really matter how spiritual i am and how much i understand she's still my mother in the human form she still has uh, a connection to me no matter what and I will still grieve her loss, even though I know she's perfectly fine. And so that had, you know, when she passed, I still had to understand, like, I am human. It's okay to cry. It's okay to mourn that loss, even though, yes, I know I can connect to her. I had, at the same time, I had uh, a few clients had passed also at the same time. So I literally, for three months, I was in funeral mode. And I thought, oh, are you all preparing me for my mom's passing? Mm. You know? Um but I was calm, 
because I knew that this was the best thing for her. And I knew it was, again, we've got to get out of this rundown body, the body that kind of, it's not going to hold up forever. And coming to the concept that we're all going to die, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's a transition. It's again, a transition from the, the human form to a formless energy. We're going right. back to what we always have been. Again, Zen, the original. We're just vibration. The original face. Yeah, we are just a vibration. Speaking of vibration, mm. what would you say it means when somebody's face just starts vibrating? Like you feel that tingling? Like you feel it? Like the yeah. person's feeling it? Yeah. Um, well, on a physical level, it could be a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> we won't get, <laughs> but, no, we like, won't get into lymphatic backup and all the nerves. No, but, stuff, but like when yeah. it comes and goes and. Yeah, so everybody's going to have signs and symbols of mm -hmm. how we're going to actually make connections. So some of us are going to feel things. Um, we're going to use our body as an antenna. Like I look at us, we're like a cell tower. Right. That's all we are. We're just receptors of energy. And we need to be grounded in this physical body. And that's a big misconception word, too, that comes out. But, you know, we're going to feel things. We're going to hear things. We're going to see things. And sometimes we just know things. And those are, that's the way that we receive. They're called our four clairs or C-L-A-I-R, clair, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentient, and then claircognizance. Right, right. So we've got to be in tune with what does that mean for you. So if that was happening, my face is vibrating, I'd say, what does that mean for you? You know, tap into that, find the quiet in that. Right. Right. And just allow that to just be. But yeah. We have to be connected to the earth. We have to be plugged in. And the way that I describe that grounding is, you know, the difference between a two-prong plug and a three-prong plug, right? The third prong is the grounding plug. And so if you imagine our two feet being the plug, the two-prong plug, and the energy, this prana or this energy tube that runs through us, as it comes down out of the tailbone, it literally falls behind our two feet. Mm. And that is our grounding plug. It, it goes deep into Mother Earth and it allows us the connection for energy to travel between being in the physical world and making those connections in the spirit world. Sure. Yeah, I've met quite a few people that quote unquote soul travel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And we all do. Every night we go to sleep. We're and traveling. Dr. You know? Morse being yeah. one of them. Yeah. We just don't have an awareness of it. So, yeah. 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 And we're, again, we're all going to have our perspectives of are we going to meet ascended masters? Are we going to meet light beings? Are we going to meet our loved ones? Are we going to meet angels? Like, it doesn't matter who. That's our labels. You just brought up a, an interesting label or term ascended, ascending masters. Mm -hmm. Now, let's think about religion a little bit. Let's think about Bible. Let's think about Quran. If Abraham saw, what was the name? Jabril? Gabriel. 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 Okay. Gabriel's the messenger angel. Yeah. Yep. And so Abraham met Gabriel. Mm -hmm. This essentially started Judaism. Mm -hmm. Right? For the most part. Mm -hmm. It all came from Abraham. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a lot of centuries. Muhammad was in a cave, and who did he meet? <laughs> Gabriel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how he and and he transcribed that into the Quran. And and in the Bible, unto you a child is born, who told Mary we're gonna have a baby. Right. <laughs> so. Gabriel's doing a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, you know, this is the the concept of the the ascending masters, and you know, and there there's a whole bunch too, isn't there? So the Germain, yeah. So the ascended masters are basically so Mark and Elizabeth Claire Prophet did a lot of work yes. on the ascended masters, and that's, they're probably the authority out there of you know their books and things like that of the modern on, era on ascended masters. Yeah. There's a lot of things in the Theosophical Society. There's a lot of people doing research on that, but. You know, I look at the Ascended Masters or the way that I would use the connection to that. You know, as humans, 
we are always seeking something else. You know, many of us are, what's my life purpose? That's the number one question we get asked as medium. What's my life purpose? It's got to be something better than working in that cubicle at that insurance company. There's got to be. There's gotta... <laughs> Please tell me there's something better than this. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, like yeah. that Because we're just not happy with our right. existence there, right? Right. And so we're looking for this big life purpose, but our misconception is we think of life purpose as a job. You know, we think it's that ultimate job of what we're here to do. And, you know, we're going to make this big exclamation mark in the world. We're going to leave our legacy. And many of us can do that. And we we think it's this big, huge thing. It really isn't. And the Ascended Masters will give us clues. They're really qualities and characteristics that each of the Ascended Masters represents. And, you know, if we work with Ascended Masters, it's the things that we are here to learn from them and implement into our life and then simply then bring out into the world for others to experience. So for me, one of the ascended masters that works very closely with me is Lady Master Nada. And Lady Master Nada actually um, replaced Jesus uh, on on this rainbow ray. But uh, Lady Master Nada is all about service and ministry. So Here's my service and welcome to my ministry, Kevin, because this is, you know, everything that in my entire life has been about service. I started out as a gymnastics coach and then I taught aerobics and then I was in the fitness industry as a trainer and running businesses and owning it as a consultant. And, you know, now this is a business of service. So like everything in my life has always been about service. It doesn't matter. I can fulfill that same service. I can give all this up and walk away and go be the greeter at Walmart. And I'm still fulfilling that life purpose. And I'm still fulfilling my service ministry. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm there. I may have a message, aisle 17. It doesn't really matter. I'm helping people in a way. It doesn't have to be on a grand scale. So again, walking away from all of this would, wouldn't be like devastating. People would be like, oh my God, how does that happen? It's like, doesn't matter because I'm going to be placed in another position of service yeah. where I will help people I, in however way, any way that I can. I identify with Do that. Do you see that? So I, I, I can walk away as well. Yeah. I've walked away many times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we the big three, uh, you know, we have the the Ascended Masters and now the world leaders. But, you know, the the school, the Psyche Institute is really based on this thing called the Threefold Flame. And it's it's um, El Morier and then uh, Joao Cool and um, now I'm completely lost as I'm trying to bring this, but okay. I'll get it in a minute. Um, but the idea that these are like the key, it's God's power, or, um, God's uh, love and, and God's wisdom within our life. And, you know, those are lessons we are here to learn. And God, we can air quote again, whatever that God is. It's that innate ability that we have the wisdom, we have love, yeah. we have this power, we have all of these things. But as humans, we don't have an awareness of it. You know, nobody right. gave us a handbook when our soul came into the physical body to say, here right. you go. Right. Here's all the stuff that's coming up in your life. Good right. luck. Right. right. We were literally like soul comes into physical body and then, oh, good luck with that. I hope those two people we gave you called parents are going to do a good job with you. We'll yeah. see you when you die. You know, you know, we only get 80 years, give or take. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you what do you think is more important? Uh, becoming rich and famous or just rich in general and being a success at your job and making a lot of money or finding your true self Mm -hmm. and being able to tap into, we'll call it the universal energy. What's going to be more fulfilling than that? No loved one from the other side comes, has ever come through in my career of doing this to say, I wish I had worked more. Not one of them. You know, they will come through with, I wish I had spent more time with my family. I wish I had told you I loved you more. I wish I had traveled more. Right. That's what they wish. Yeah. You know, we're here to learn about ourselves. Right. That's it. It's like we're living in a mystery school. Mm -hmm. And. Which isn't really a mystery, though. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a, it's a attainable mystery. The experiences that we have might be mysterious to us because we don't understand them. Right, right. right. It's like we're clouded. Yeah. You know, and and the analogy that uh, I used in my seminar was that, you know, the sun is the quote-unquote enlightenment, and it's like we're living in this glass house, 
and the glass is just dirty. It's just dirty with anger. It's dirty mm-hmm. with fear and feeling we ju- and thinking. Yeah, we, <laughs> we just have to clean it. Yeah, we just have to clean yeah. it and let the sun shine in so our flowers can bloom. Yeah. And, um, but it might be mysterious to a lot of people. Uh, I want to touch on this before we end. How do you, because you're in such a controversial industry, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you, how do you deal with the people that um, are critical? Um, obviously, because they don't understand. I mean, there some Christians can be really, mm-hmm. you know, even if they're not mean, they'll give you a backhanded like, "I'll pray for you." You know, one yeah. of those type things. Oh, I lived in Tennessee. I lived in the Bible Belt <laughs> for about five years of my life, yeah. and and I often I look back at that time and I say that was the most curious time of my life. Because I wonder why I was placed there. And I absolutely know why I was placed there. Because I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't have that fundamental um, experience. Right. Because it is the Bible Belt. Right. And it is. You're going to hell. And it is the, yeah. you know, how you dress is a direct respect of your relationship with God. And it's right. like, if I wear pants versus a dress, that's going to be right. a big impact. I'm going to hell for that. You right, know, if I'm right. dancing and, and I'm, you know, it's just, it's, it's so to the extreme in many cases. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up um, Catholic. I was exposed. My dad was Lutheran, so I was exposed to a few things. But, you know, going down to Tennessee and I lived in like, the middle of Tennessee and like the Catholic church is buried. The Lutheran church is like buried in the back and these huge churches are right on main street. So, you know, that religious side to it, like, great. Everybody needs to believe in something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad you believe in something. Right. I, I, I don't care what it is that you believe in because that's your belief. And I would never take that away from anybody if that feels right for you. But I get a lot of people that come in here a lot of times and almost feel guilty because they're Catholic and they go, I'm, I'm Catholic and, you know, how should I be here? And I just say, you know, there's a, a, here's a ton of mentions of, of mediumship in the Bible, you know, but what they find over time is this just enhances what they're already doing. In well, those I was, was going to say in, in, in the Catholic religion, there's, there's all these saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And aren't they originally from the Roman? Yeah. <laughs> the Roman. Yeah. yeah. So. Paganism. We, yeah. Like we look at, you know, we look at the fundamentals. And again, how many times do we ever question what we believe? You know, why do we believe what we believe? And usually it's because somebody has told us or taught us that's what we believe. This is what our family believes. This is what tradition is. This we can is what be we culture can, is. We can be convinced very easily. Absolutely. And so if we really sit down, most cases, you know, I will if somebody's really stuck, it's usually based on a belief system that they have. That they so believe it's true, but they've never questioned why they actually believe it. And when we can do that, we will actually get to the bottom of all of this. You know, we will actually see us in a clearer light to say we're not becoming our parents we are just living the life that they only knew to teach us and so i say to all my you know the parents that come in here you know when your child turns 18 sit them down and the best gift that you could give them is to say to them listen you had to be in this house legally until you were 18 Mm. All the crap that we went through, that was my soul's path. You had to be a part of it, but you get the opportunity now being an adult. If I taught you some things that are great, if I taught you some morals and values and ethics that are still working in your life, great. Take those and build your life around them. But everything else, that's my stuff. <laughs> that was my stuff. My bad. That was mine. Yeah. 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 You know, I uh, an example of this is how many generations away from the Depression era are you? Right. Right? right. So why do you do the things that you do? There's a, a joke that I tell, you know, there's a, a mother and daughter in the kitchen and the mom's making a roast and she cuts off the ends of the roast and puts it in the pan. The daughter says mom why do you do that and she said oh because your grandmother did that so she goes to her grandmother and she says grandma you know mama's making a roast the other night she cut the ends off the the roast and you know i was wondering why she did she said that you did it does it make it more moist does it cook better than and grandma says 
no, I didn't have a pan big enough. And so I always end up cutting the ends off the roast so I can fit it into the pan. Right. So, you know, how stupid is that, that we keep this as a tradition in our family that we do that? You know, it's like, but we never question why we actually do that. And once we start questioning. So, you know, can you live your life with a curious mind instead of a mind of judgment? Right. You know, when we look at contrast, on one end we have judgment, the other side is curious. Instead of saying, why, why, why is this happening? Can you just say, I wonder what I'm learning? I wonder why this is happening. I wonder I'm going to get out of this. Right. 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 So yeah, I, I had a I had a, a Christian woman who told me many years ago. Oh, I, I loved your book, but as soon as you mentioned mystic, I, I you know I had to close it. Close it. Yep. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. okay. And that's okay. And I mean, I get letters all the time from people that send me like, you're going to burn in hell and, you know, you're doing the devil's work and all of that, you know. Right. And people ask me, you know, do you believe in heaven and hell? And I say, yeah, it's right here on earth. Right. I don't have to go anywhere. It's not a location I have no. to go. It's the way we're living. It's the contrast of what does heaven mean to you and what does hell mean to well, you. Well, sure. It, it, it isn't. And, and, and I, I believe Jesus talked about it in the Sermon on the Mount. He described hell. It wasn't fiery and yeah. it was just anger and fear, yeah. essentially. And we live like that now. Look at the state of the world. Right. You know, look where we are hell, right now. Hell, if I'm not mistaken, hell is a slang word ancient slang word for being overly angry and in yeah. fear yeah so again letting our emotions get the best of us exactly. letting our thinking my thinking says this is what i believe everybody else should believe it even if you look at how the religions got formed or even in christianity you can look at the number of different sects of christianity that we have right and why is that because this church has the tenets that they have and then eventually somebody is gonna get this little uprising that says yeah that doesn't fit into my life anymore so well i'm gonna go start my own church and we're gonna have all those tenets except those and we're gonna add some others right right that's how it gets started that's how it gets started sure yeah and uh and people misunderstand the Bible quite a bit. Again, it's people's opinions, right? And, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Jesus dropped, you know, a lot of good knowledge in there. And it's just over so many people's head. I mean, you could find a Christian and say, well, what did Jesus teach you in the Sermon on the Mount? They might not even know what the Sermon on the Mount is. And they go to church every Sunday. So I think... um but things are changing. Yes. So things are changing. The numbers are going yeah. down. And so uh I think more people are awakening. There's that word again. Mm-hmm. More people are awakening to I'll I'll call it general spirituality. A general a general spirituality mm-hmm. of it's it's you know some people are into law of attraction, some people mm-hmm. are just you hear more and more people talking about Oh yeah, I, I think I think the universe is trying to teach me a lesson. Right. It's like more and more you're hearing the word God kind of slip yeah. out. So you're gonna, you, we're always going to meet people where they're at. So that's the the key, and that's just general coaching knowledge. Anyway, we're meeting somebody where they're at. If you don't want to expect ex, accept what I'm teaching you, that's okay. I can meet you. Where you're at, there's a plenty of other things that I can introduce you to that aren't so woo-woo, right, that mm-hmm. you can accept and say, okay, that I can go there for, right? And they'll be like even at the center, it's like, well, you can't be, you know, you don't want to come into a mediumship class. So great. What do you want to explore? You want to start with meditation? Mm-hmm. You want to have a massage? You know, you want to just be introduced to energy healing? And you got the like, Tibetan bowls. Yeah. Like, what do you want? You know, we've got... We've got singing bowls. We've got, like, it's really where are you at? What are you ready to receive? Yeah, and just, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, hold a crystal, right? Hold yeah, a stone. You got crystals, and even across the room, you have a, a Jesus crucifix right there. I can see it from right here. So I, do. I have rosary beads. I actually have a crucifix. I, think, I have a I think, ganache over there. So I think that's, Sai Baba. I think that's one of the issues is that the hardcore Christians don't understand that Jesus is very respected in all cultures. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is they're all in on Jesus, yeah. and the other cultures who are spiritual 
are saying, well, there's a lot of masters. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of gurus. There's a lot of mystical mystics and exactly. people who what can bring you. What are you ready you... for? But the thing is, Kevin, what are they all teaching? They're right. all teaching love. Right. Right. They're not they're not teaching like Jesus isn't teaching Christianity because that didn't exist. Right. Right. They're all just teaching love. Yeah. How do we actually be 100 percent of ourselves so that we can shine that out into the world like a beacon? Right. And the people who need to come into that experience and hear my ministry message will come. Right. You know, and every single one of us has a ministry message. Here's a way to maybe for, for your listeners to listen to look at life a little bit like what if your only purpose for being here is to deliver one message to one person that's it your mm. whole entire experience of being here is going to come down to you will serve your life purpose when you deliver one message to one person mm. the only catch is we're not going to tell you what the message is and we're not going to tell you who the person is would you live your life differently would you li live your life in a way saying, maybe this is the person. Maybe this is the message. Maybe you already did it when you were 20. Mm. Maybe you're not going to do it till your deathbed. But would you li live your life differently if that was your knowing of life purpose? Mm. Hopefully many people would. They would look at it like, oh, this isn't really important. Or maybe that was the message that I just had to deliver. Maybe a message was a smile. Or a handshake to somebody to let them know that they're accepted. An act of kindness. What do we know, yeah. right? What yeah. do we know? Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. So where where can people find you? It's oh. the website. So they can find us at healinginharmonycenter.com. H-I-H uh, -H Center on Facebook. Uh, and also have the Psyche-Institute is the school if people are interested in that. And I also have a professional Priscilla Bangston page. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I encourage anyone that's in the Hartford area, stop in Healing and Harmony Center in Glastonbury and just say hello. You know, take a look. It's a very peaceful place. And, uh, yeah, so that's our time. Yeah. And I, I want to thank you again for buying me a table. <laughs> uh, it must have been five years ago yeah. now. Priscilla brought me a table. Mm -hmm. Saw the clear blue. Like, oh, no, I thought you'd like it. Mm -hmm. I still use it. Good. I still use it to this day. Mm -hmm. My computer's on it. Yeah. I like it because um, uh, if I'm on the computer, I'd rather stand. Yeah. And, and it's tall enough that you can do that. But right? then it, it acts in other <laughs> ways too right yeah, yeah. no it's great so, for cutting a video and and, and we met because we were both at a an outdoor event we were at the and, recreate event yeah and, yeah and, a festival yeah and the festival and you were speaking before i was speaking yeah and i said ah oh, this guy's talking like i am about yeah. this stuff i think i need to meet him <laughs> yeah and i reached out to you and i said i think we need to meet yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here like, we are who is this person <laughs> and here we are yeah and i've done a few talking uh talks here yeah and uh, and here we are. Yeah. So it's the way things roll. Absolutely. All right. So okay. if anyone uh, is looking for more info on me, go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelled out. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.